Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk with your host, Roman Gabriel III. Up-close conversations with high-impact personalities from the world of sports and entertainment. Follow Roman on Twitter and Facebook at Roman Gabriel 3. Now, Roman Gabriel III. Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk. Uh, coming up in the second segment, we'll have the anthem girl, Janine Stang, is going to be here. Why not with the NFL season, with everybody talking about the national anthem, we'll talk about one of the most important factors in sports, the beginning of a game. And uh, first off with us, a uh, good friend of the show and uh, Fox Sports enthusiast, sports anchor, award-winning, well, we can go on and on, but I don't want to waste our time, right? Deb Carson with us. Deb, how are you? Thank you, Roman, and thanks for that introduction. It's a pleasure to be with you. How are you? Happy birthday to you. Uh, that's the good news. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. I'm not. I, again. That's right. That's right. I, I was not <laughs> even going to go there. So, uh, so that the, the good news. The good news is, is you're a lot younger than your age. Let's put it that way. Well, thank you. The good news is that we make it to another birthday, isn't it? Yes, yes. Praise the Lord on that one, right? Absolutely. Well, listen, I I had you come in because this is a big weekend, right? I mean, the beginning of the NFL football season, the real football season, regular season. We started off with a bang a few nights ago with the the Patriots uh, celebrating, but the celebration didn't last too long, did it? No, it didn't. In fact, uh, they they looked great the first quarter, um, but uh, but beyond then, the Chiefs looked a lot stronger, I think, than a lot of folks are giving them credit for. Obviously, uh, their rookie, Kareem Hunt, was all-world at this point, came out with the fumble, but then had, what, 246 total yards, uh, three touchdowns. He looked a amazing. Record. Uh, but, but let's not discount the, the uh, all-world, all-everything GOATS quarterback, Tom Brady. He didn't have the, the best night, obviously, and neither did the Patriots' defense, obviously. But I think... Uh, That'll be nipped in the bud soon enough, and, and they'll be back on track. But it was it was a fun game to watch, and again, it's just always great to have NFL back. Deb, we have to tell our, our audience when you say Tom Brady the goat. If you haven't, if you get NFL Network, I am going to encourage you, all of you out there, to watch the latest America's Game, which is the 2016 review of the New England Patriots' incredible season, including their Super Bowl win. And I happened to catch that through my DVR, and i got to tell you, Deb, I've seen a lot of NFL films, programs. That was one of the best ones I've ever seen. Yeah, I haven't seen that, but NFL Network does such an amazing job. Obviously, they've got the access to all of the uh, game tape going way, way, way back decades, but um, but they, they have such a great staff, such a great researching staff, obviously the producing on those programs. I have not caught that one yet, but I do have NFL Network, so I will – Obviously, go as soon as I'm off uh, out out of here with you. I'm going to go put that on DVR to look for. Well, I'll give you a hint. It, it, it's done differently than any other NFL films Super Bowl season that I've seen. In fact, Julian Edelman has written a book called Flying High. That's a kids' book, a cartoon book, where he plays the underachieving squirrel that wants to play football, and ah. he comes out uh, for the season ready to play. And the bear and the well, I won't give it away, but several different large animals tell him he's not good enough to play. Well, what, what he does is, is he goes to a friend of his that he meets called the Goat, who represents Tom Brady, <laughs> and Tom Brady takes him under his wing and says, you can play, and works with him. And the whole storyline of that uh, America's Game is based upon this book he wrote, and it's narrated this America's Game by Julian Edelman, uh, Dante Hightower, and LeGarrette Blunt. 
Uh, so, wow. so it, it, it's it's a fabulous program, totally different than anything they've ever done. And of course, uh, Julian Edelman has quite a quite a sense of humor. I love that. And by the way, I love that premise for a uh, for a kids book. That sounds like uh, one every parent needs to pick up. Every coach probably too. But uh, anything that well, tells kids not to listen to when people tell them no, they can't do something is is a great book in my eyes. Deb Carson's with us, Fox Sports, and uh, Deb. The thing that's cool about the book is, is let me have you guess who plays the wise owl. Um, that would probably be Bill Belichick. Exactly, exactly. And what's scary? <laughs> what's scary is, is that that owl looks just like Bill Belichick. <laughs> I was just, I was just seeing that in my mind. I can see the uh, the illustration, and I can see the you know he has that scowl that he has a lot of the times on the sideline. That could be very owlish. You know, the thing that's really cool about NFL films, you know, of course, when my father played 40 years ago, you know, since Steve Sable brought this to light, it brought a whole new side of the NFL to the fan. And it it certainly has gotten better and better and better, you know, with the number of cameras now at the Super Bowl, like 37 or something. I think it's even more than that. But any fan who wants to understand the game, who's never been down on the field for a game, can certainly do that with NFL films and with the coverage and get an idea for the intensity, for the commitment, for the, the, the drama that goes on during a football game. Oh, yeah. And just also the, the sound, the noise in the stadium, and, and as a player, how you have to essentially just shield that um, out. But it's, uh, I've been to some games where it's virtually impossible, and I wonder how can people even hear the signals out there? Um, because it's, it is so so loud and thunderous. And, and it's amazing. Um, even the biggest person seems so small, I would imagine, down there on the field uh, looking up at, at the fans in the stadium and, and just the, the enormity of a game, especially a big game like the Super Bowl. Well, you know what's amazing to me is, you know, you, you do the Sports Report National for Fox Sports uh, for – two very popular simulcast programs, and that's the Dan Patrick Show and the Rich Eisen Show. And, of course, the Rich Eisen Show is right nearby you down there, near LAX at DirecTV where they do the program. They've got three hours to give their opinion. Uh, a lot of people don't realize how tough it is to do what you do, which is to, which is to give the, the sports news, the updates, all the things that have to happen in about a minute, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. 53 seconds, so... It's, that, that was the, the biggest challenge of the job, especially when it's a huge night and there are, for, for instance, in this, at this point in the season, you know, you've got baseball, the playoff push in full swing. Um, you may only at this point focus on the you know, major upsets, especially involving playoff contenders or division leaders. Um, unfortunately, that's been the Dodgers in a lot of cases lately. Um, but, um, but, but, yeah, it really is, especially if there is a big story. Um, for instance, if there is a Thursday night football game and there are a lot of storylines going in it and a lot of stats, you know, big stats. Like, you know, again, I mentioned Kareem Hunt, the Chiefs rookie running back. You know, if somebody has a game like that, you obviously want to um, give a, a, a nod of a cap to that in the update, but then you have to move on. Um, but, yeah, the trickiest thing for me is when there is a game like that that has a great play in it because a lot of the – Sound bites. Some some plays can be reduced to a nine second cut, but you know, in some cases, for instance, if it's if it's a go ahead punt return for a touchdown or kick return for a touchdown, those are rarely nine seconds long. A lot of times, that's a twenty one second cut right now, especially if you've got a great play by play guy 
who has the emotion and the excitement built into his call of the game. So, so it is it is a little bit tricky, but that is the great thing about you know having a six hour shift, especially the first three hours where it's early enough that it makes sense to be recapping the sounds from the night before. Um, I can kind of rotate those things in and out. So, but it's uh, it's tricky, and it's also tricky, you know, when you've got a a an ongoing story, for instance, the Ezekiel Elliott situation that is more than you know, just a ten-second yeah. mention, generally. Yeah. So, so, um, so, yeah. It's I kind of have to get into the mind of the listener and say, okay, what might they not have heard yet, or what might they want to hear that they haven't heard yet, or what play did they see last night that is going to give them chills again to hear this morning? So it's fun. I mean, I, I am blessed. I get to talk about sports for a living, although it's you know briefly in little tiny snippets, but uh, but I love it. Yeah, but if you want more from Deb Carson, it's real easy. If you're on Twitter, go to at Deb Carson. And one of the things I love about Deb is she gives the updates on the biggest breaking stories because she's at Fox for quite a period of time, especially at that time you're in your car. The other thing that's cool is is she does share some of her life and share some of her interests and family things as well as uh, as well as some of the some of the things she gets the opportunity to do. And you know, one of the things that people talk a lot about is you know the opportunities you're in. You know, obviously. Uh, the second biggest market in the country. So tell me about tell me about how you use your platform in terms of opportunities that come about for you personally on some of the passions that you might have and some of the opportunities you get to interact in the community. Well, um, I've got a few things, in fact, coming up. Uh, one of them, obviously, that I am most passionate about because this did affect me personally. Two years ago, um, just a little over two years ago, my dad was diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer, and that's a disease that most people don't even know about, don't think about it, but they certainly don't realize what a uh, horrific prognosis that is for a patient and a family to, to receive. So unfortunately, we lost him about five months after the diagnosis, but I have become passionate about learning as much as I can and donating my time in raising awareness and trying to raise funds for research for pancreatic cancer, because at this point, there's still not even an early detection method. So I work a lot with the Hirschberg Foundation for Pancreatic Cancer Research, and they have two big events during the year. One of them is coming up at the end of October. It's called the L.A. Cancer Challenge. So I have just begun. In fact, I just put my my page up, um, and there are a couple ways you can find that, but I do have it posted on my my Twitter page. But it's um, um, it's basically because of the the hurricanes, unfortunately, that our, our country has experienced, especially um, you know, Texas, that, that hit along the Gulf Coast where I spent about 10 years of my formative years. Um, so in, in trying to raise attention to that, you know, unfortunately, my, my push to raise attention for pancreatic cancer took a backseat, but I'm kind of getting full swing into that. So um, you can check out my, my Twitter page for the link in the bio. Um, well, let me just give the link, support.pancreatic.org, support.pancreatic.org. And I know this is not something that doesn't touch many, many people. So those of you that want to give, uh, go to support.pancreatic.org and support Deb in this very important cause as pancreatic cancer is one of the fastest killers in, in, of, of the cancers that are out there. No, it really is. And, and once they get there, they can either search for Deb Carson or um, you can join my team if you want to. If you're in L.A. or if you happen to be on the West Coast, it's October 29th. You can even join my team and walk with. Uh, in fact, I've got to sign my my husband and my daughter will walk with me. We had some friends walk with us last year, but our team is called Hashtag Crush Cancer, 
And right there on my page, and again, it's support.pancreatic.org slash go to slash Deb Carson. You can join my team, crush, hashtag crush cancer, or you can join us and, and walk. And I think it's about 45 bucks to sign up. Um, I think it's $15 for kids. They have this really cute event uh, where it's the, the kids fun run. And by the way, everybody, because it's always Halloween weekend, you can show up and walk your uh, your 3K or 5K in your Halloween costume if you'd like to, kids included. So we get a lot of Elsas and witches and ghosts and all kinds of things uh, walking that, uh, making that trek. Um, but I've also, you know, I've been also blessed to be involved with the Boys and Girls Club. I'm going to be emceeing an event for them in October. Awesome. Um, I'm going to be working with the Glendale Mayor's Office to be their keynote speaker for, <clears throat> they've got an event called Glendale Gives Thanks. It's a prayer breakfast November 9th. Uh, and I've got a little part in a in a film that's coming out in September. Uh, it's a film called Last Rampage. All right, Deb. pretty scary. I always appreciate you coming. Come back in the football season later on. We'll talk more. When we come back, Janine Stang, the Anthem Girl. You know, I love this show because we bring so many different people in about faith, family, and sports, and this is no different. Probably one of the most important factors about any sporting event is you started out with the National Anthem, and um, this young lady... Uh, I follow her on her Twitter page, and uh, we've we've told you at the Anthem Girl, Janine Stang is somebody who has uh, sung the national anthem. She knows how to sing it. She's done it in all 50 states in one year, where she traveled around the country on her own dime for the most part. She's an incredible supporter of our troops, which uh, means a lot to me, uh, and also does a wonderful school program. But uh, she's got a lot going on. So uh, she just did an event in Maryland. Uh, so Janine is here with us. Let's uh, talk some national anthem. Janine, how are you? How are you, Roman? Thanks for having me on. Hey, I'm fabulous. So I tell you, we're really excited. Of course, everybody getting ready for a great uh, weekend this weekend. There'll be a lot of celebrations. And uh, we also know, uh, as a former professional football player, we were talking about it in the last segment, um, you know, one of the most special times, you know, you prepare all week for a football game or any time of sport is that few moments during the National Anthem where you really bring your thoughts together, you're really thankful for everything that you have and the opportunity yeah. to play. And um, i just like to know from your end, how did, how did you get, get into this in terms of singing the National Anthem in all these places? I mean, ballparks, military, uh, street corners. Tell me about where you got that passion and uh, how this came about. I think I have to credit my mom uh, for it. Uh, back when I was younger, uh, she was a, an example, not just somebody who told me you should respect our military and those who serve and our first responders. She showed it to me. Um, when I was a kid, we had a bagel shop, and I worked as an 11-year-old kid, and I worked with them, and I always watched my mom make them feel like a million bucks. When somebody came in that she knew was serving or even a family member of somebody who had somebody who was deployed, she cared about them. And I, I don't have anybody in my family immediately except now a, a cousin who's actually uh, just became a Marine. But I didn't have anybody growing up that was like, oh, so-and-so, you know, uh, was in the war and this is what happened. I didn't have those uh, very close proximity stories. But what I did see is that uh, my family represented a, a large percentage of, of Americans who don't have somebody in the military but 100% support them. So through the years I watched her. Uh, show me by her actions. And then I just felt like uh, I loved singing. I always performed, and I, I felt like 
singing the national anthem was what I could do as my contribution um, to uh, my gratitude for our freedom. And I always purposed to sing it with all my heart. And uh, through the years, I learned, you sing it the way it's supposed to be sung. It's not about you. It's about our country. It's about giving people a moment. For 90 seconds, I say this a lot. I've said this on the Today Show and whatnot. 90 seconds, no matter who you voted for, no matter what team you want to win when you're sitting there in the stands or standing in the stands at that point, we are one. And there's power in that moment. We are one nation. And as long as we're agreeing on one thing, there's there's still hope. And there's um, that's what I feel about it. So it started me on saying, you know what, this is an important platform. This is something that could... Um, help people to have a dialogue that might not have otherwise existed about patriotism, about the importance of our anthem. Uh, and it and it was, you know, it was a journey that I'll never, I mean, I'm still, it's changed my life, really. Janine Stang is with us, uh, nationalanthemgirl.org, for more information about what she's up there doing. Uh, also, if you follow on Twitter, at uh, the anthem girl. Um, Janine, this is not an easy song to sing. In fact, there are a lot of very accomplished singers out there that are uncomfortable singing the National Anthem because it, it, it does take practice and a lot of work. So tell me about that and about uh, just how it has come about in your life and, and how you've improved, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I was in high school, it was all about, I, I hadn't really understood the weight of that song and the privilege it is to sing that song. And I was just like, oh, I want to show everybody how well I can sing. But I stripped that away as I started to meet people. This is, uh, you know, through the years of, of meeting people who had seen the reality of, you know, the, the phrase, freedom is not free. They lived the meaning of the national anthem. And I just said, you know what, uh, <laughs> it, it, there are other songs that I could kind of go vocal acrobats and all that on. But this one has got to be true to form. And I think... Uh, if you sing it the way it's supposed to be sung, and um, some people, I think, make the mistake, I've done it a million times when I was younger, like, well, let me just start out high, <laughs> you find yourself in a, in a backed up in a corner. But if you start out correctly, and you also, I do this every time. First, I pray before I sing, but I also try to, and it's very easy, actually, you find somebody in the crowd that is served, and you focus on them, oh, and wow. you kind of just, like, look at what they're doing and it's they're always standing at attention they always have they're they're saluting and you just wonder what's going through their mind you know there was a price that they paid to be able to salute while the anthem is being you know i've always wondered janine uh, you know as a football player in playing a lot of sports Mm -hmm. and coaching you know it's very emotional for athletes that moment um especially during the national anthem and and in a prayer before the game before you go out anyways um, but tell me from your end, um, especially w- with the fact you've described to me why you sing it and how important it is, um, how tough is it not to get emotional when you're in a crowd of 60,000 at a game or on an airport, you know, at a base yeah. in front of all these guys? How, how tough is it is to focus and stay off the emotion for yourself? It's tough. I, I sang, I'll never forget, there were two very uh, emotional times for me. One was when... Um, I sang on the floor of an exchange, and this was only yards away from ground zero. And um, I was singing in a company who had lost a lot of people in the attack. And um, it wasn't a big event. I was singing in literally like in a stairwell because we had to move off the floor. And there were men, grown men, like yourself, 
football player looking guys. And they um, were, as soon as I started, like the first word coming out of my mouth, they broke down and, and cried. And I just remember telling myself, like, focus, because this song has to go through to completion. You're not stopping. You're, you have to give them this moment. And um, what I really do feel is that it, it is a song that can provide healing. It is a song that, you know, it's important to kind of sit there and say, let me reflect on this. And, and it's not bad for, for these men to, to cry and go through that emotion. I think it's, it's a good, it's a healing process for them. So it is tough. I've had, I've sung in the presence of Medal of Honor recipients. I've sung uh, for Gold Star families. I sang at Section 60 in Arlington Cemetery, and I was a mess before I had to, you know, move into the front to sing. I was watching, again, grown men cry. There's a gold star families, for those who don't know. They're somebody who has lost their families who have lost a loved one in action, in battle. And uh, just to see the, the gravestones where you see somebody born after you and dies before you, it's unfathomable. And I had tears literally shooting out of my eyes. And then wow. I just said, okay, you know. Got to go. Got to got to do this. And um, you know, it's it's what I see. I don't I don't take it lightly. It's a privilege to do that, and uh, I don't mess around. Janine Stang is <laughs> with us. Uh, so you can go to uh, her Twitter page at the Anthem Girl or her website at nationalanthemgirl.org and check out everything that she's done. is absolutely amazing. You know, real quick answers because I, I want I know people have questions, and I know I do. I've thought about this. Sure. Um, Strangest place you've ever done the anthem? From the center of the universe in Wallace, Idaho. You could look it up. <laughs> the center of the universe, Wallace, Idaho. Okay. Um, yep. Most interesting experience um, after or before? Hmm. I think one time when I walked up uh, out of the bleachers and somebody said, it ducked out into the aisles and said, thank you for not making it sound like an American Idol tryout. I appreciate you singing it the way it's supposed to be sung. I think that was very pivotal for me to hear somebody say that. Number of people that you've met through the 50 states of doing it? No. Well, I say I have a friend in every state, and I really do. So I think I've met a personally, con you know, like hand-to-hand -hand hello type of things, uh, thousands, thousands. Uh, I've had a table at every stop where people could sign thank you notes, so I met a lot of people in the audience. Okay, school program. You've got a school program. Tell me about that. Yes, it's called My American Promise Tour, and I speak about, I've realized I have so many great stories from the people that I met. I met a World War II veteran who stormed Normandy on D-Day and gave me one of the most profound yet simple definitions of what patriotism is. And um, I share that in elementary schools, and I also speak about the important ingredient. I like to say it's something you have to do, you map, M-A-P, which is called Make a Promise, and uh, I talk about the hard time I had getting through all 50 states. I didn't have a corporate sponsor. I, I had no idea how this was going to happen. I just felt in my heart it was something I had to do. And it really took a lot of faith. It took a lot of, you know, integrity to say, uh, I said I'm going to do this and I'm going to complete it. So I talked to uh, corporations as well as uh, older students about all that, which is a lot of fun. It's really fun to see the responses as well. If they want information about that, where do they go? They go to nationalanthemgirl.org, and they could. Uh, there's a tab that says Map Tour, and they could click on that and see all the information. Um, and obviously, there's the contact page where you could always get in touch with us uh, through 
through that. There's phone number and email as well. And of course, on Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> well, you know what's amazing is is that you know I always talk to people about you know the importance of identifying your platform and using your platform to change people's lives and. Um, you know, when I talk to athletes and coaches and entertainers, you know, one of the things that I find out, especially those who understand country, understand faith in God, understand family, um, they know that their talents and abilities have been given by God. And, and, and yes, they make a living through that. Um, but more importantly, they're able to uh, help others to be successful and to impact other people's lives with great meaning. And about one minute left. Talk to me about that. Well, I really feel that, you know, it is a gift from God, what I do, and I always acknowledge that, and I'm always sensitive to that. And more important than anything, I always learned, if you don't have a cause, you know, if you're doing something just to seek fame, I I always realize that, you know, any kind of recognition is a byproduct. Really what it is is your gift that God gave you is a vehicle to help people. And I always remember back when I was a kid, even in elementary school, like hearing somebody come and speak. There was a guy that came, he was a, a speaker in my chapel service, and he said, make a promise to do exploits. I didn't even know what that word meant. But that one word, I really feel, is what set me on a journey to say, I'm going to make the right choices. I'm not going to go hang out with the wrong people. You've been listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Our podcasts are available at AFR.net. You can follow Roman on his official website, www.fspn.net, and on Facebook at Roman Gabriel III. We'll catch you next time on Sold Out Sports Talk, your source for faith, family, and sports.